Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us on the podcast today. Separately quarantined and locked away all over the Missoula Valley. It's Missoula Valley? It is now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you guys are both kind of on the south side. Separate areas. We're on a hill, too. Separate. Just living on a hill. We got Jen Bart. We got Jen Bartlett. You heard her voice. And Robbie Croyle. Hello. Robbie Croyle clipping his microphone on the intro. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's the content we're here for. Yes, that's right. We've all been locked away with the Rona. We got the COVIDs. It threw it threw all sorts of kinks into plans this last week. We were uh, we were recording our uh, sermon uh, early and to video edit things. Logan had to sing over the top of himself. It was all sorts of craziness that ensued. <laughs> that was fun. My mom called me and asked me about that. She's like, was somebody in the background? And I was like, no, I think he just like layered himself. She's like, oh, he knows how to do that. He needs to show me. And I'm like, I'll let him know. So I, I didn't do that live, Marguerite. I did that in post-production <laughs> at about 1 a.m. I was bored of looking at the video and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sing a harmony with myself because that'll make me happy. And it did. Yeah, uh, Scott texted me. He says, "Hey, how many were, how many of you were in the room?" And I'm like, "That was Logan and Logan." That's that's how it goes. Logan and his beard. I was impressed. I heard it, and I go, "Oh, that was a nice touch." I was in my uh, man cave, in my man cave, streaming the video, and uh, had my feet up. up. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. There it is. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into some uh, shortcomings that have to do with the recording of that. Uh, first one up is well, less of the recording. I was going to use this joke. Uh, it was in, <laughs> it, I'd practiced it like it was coming. There was no way I was not using this. <laughs> it was hilarious. I loved it. Uh, you know, just, I was like, you know, if I'm going to use the analogy of everybody being a finger in the body, um, later on when I come back to this analogy and I draw people back into that holy of places, remembering the delightful words out of first Corinthians, I'm going to throw Rob right under the bus and, uh, just, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make everybody assume that Rob is a ferocious driver and likes to give everybody the one finger salute while he's pumping up and down reserve. <laughs> and uh just disclaimer, that's not actually true. Rob waves with palm forward and all fingers extended. That is his <laughs> loving wave on reserve to everybody. That is that is the way. That is the way. This is the way. His it's inside way voice might be doing something different, but we'll never know about that. <laughs> you know, so I had a commander. We were getting ready to convoy from Cheney, Washington to Camp Rylea, which is on the Oregon coast by Seaside. And uh, he gave a, 
a convoy briefing. We always started off with the safety briefing and, and part of his convoy briefing is when you wave to the locals, I want your palms forward and all fingers fully extended. And I love the way he would communicate and uh, super simple, but effective, funny. And I will forever remember that that's how you wave to people. That's awesome. That'll do it. And I knew that was coming up in the show because obviously I was there for the recording. And so I typed up a, a program note for the YouTubers that are watching and the folks that were texting back and forth, messaging back and forth. And I put in there that statement that, that Rob always waves with his palm forward and fingers fully extended. And as soon as you said it, I hit the enter because I knew it was coming. And uh, I thought that I, added, I thought they added a little fun to the conversation. I chuckled for sure. It was good. So it was good. The real shortcoming. The real shortcoming. The real shortcoming was the phantom doorbell. That was weird. That was real strange. Did you like go out to see if somebody was there? Like it wasn't a ding dong ditch or anything like that? No. It, like there, no. there was nobody. It was very strange. First of all, that's not even a, the tone that we have is set up for. That's not the right tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, normally our doorbell just goes bing bong. Yeah, it went on for it felt like three minutes. And it did the full thirty seconds. The full classic, the full classic doorbell. Yeah, it was the, it was the full Monty for sure. So there you go. It was very odd. And I just uh, couldn't figure out how to edit that out nicely. And I was like, you know what? I just don't care. I'm going to leave it in there. It's authentic. It's roughly yeah. right. We, us. we love us. roughly right. You know, we could also talk about how even when pre-recording worship, Logan uh, is going to sing the wrong lyrics. And even when re-recording like the background vocals behind himself, he'll still mess up the lyrics to match himself. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. You can go back and listen to that. I messed it up on both of the vocal layers. Classic. Classic Logan. Consistency. That's what we're after. I couldn't do it right if I tried. I couldn't do it right if I tried. It was, it was meant to be. So there you go. What I liked is the, the level of production that we've been able to uh, – ascend to in the last year i mean that production level was vastly different than even last christmas so I, we've made some improvements in some equipment and and you have learned a ton so i really enjoyed seeing all the product the product come together that was a lot of fun too i mean i didn't really like why we had to do that but it was a good job yeah Yeah, I did not know that we were going to have the uh, lower thirds for music. I did not know. I I thought we were going to have to do picture in picture, so that was another feature that I thought was beautiful. Yeah, the lower thirds on the video editor actually really 
um, really easy. So, um, yeah, that was good. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's jump into some footnoty goodness. Some footnoty goodness. Good goods goodness. Goodness. I speak good. Uh, so first thing on the docket here is to talk about Paul and his journeys making mm. disciples. This was a something that I mentioned we would probably jabber about a bit. Yeah, so let's uh let me pull up the my notes on the topic here. Um so a lot of this I, I I'm re I'm uh, coming back to from my my uh good buddy Marty Solomon. A lot of this uh came from his teachings on this and I uh he talks about this uh I'm looking this up on his blog just to refer back to his notes. So shout out to Marty for having a blog that I use way way too often. Um and probably half the hits on that guy's site. Um, like what? Well, did, you preached on this. What did uh, he say about this? Yeah, it was like two years yeah, ago, you, though. It was a year or more ago. I'm trying to remember if it was last. If it was the Axe series, then that was like two. Maybe, was that two years ago? Uh, maybe closer to three. Uh, it's before my time. That was that was back in that, the Hilton. That it was at least it was no more than two years ago. Okay, so so but you so you taught on it. You know it, but yeah, Marty just has yeah, it was like, succinctly and yeah, and so he's got he's got some uh, he's uh, that way I don't have to look up all the stuff I can go from him. Uh, but uh, so I'm just being lazy is what's going on here. Uh, so what I said was after Paul's first journey, so he goes running around on this first journey, and he in this first journey, and you can go look this up in Acts. It's not like this is nothing crazy. Go look at the Book of Acts, and it's in there. I know it's crazy. You could read your Bible. It'd be nuts. What? I know you can do that, Jen. Your shocked face is is surprising me here. Um, so on his first <laughs> on his first journey, Paul goes running around. Is it Asia Minor? Is the what we would call that? I think so. Greece and Asia Minor. I guess I don't know. Uh, he goes running all over the countryside, and he does a lot of teaching. He does a lot of preaching. He's and he's in the synagogues and he's blowing people's minds because he's a really good teacher, right? Um, and what I yes. didn't say, what I didn't say in the sermon, I don't think, is that Paul's really, like, he has this obsession. If you look at his letters and you look at, at at what he does in Acts and how he goes about doing stuff, he really is obsessed with the idea of going to Rome, right? Paul really, really, really wants to go to Rome. And God just doesn't let him. He wanted to go to Rome, not the way we know that he will go to Rome. He yeah. wanted to go to Rome right off as the a bat. Free person. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I heard yeah, about this Jesus in. guy. Caesar's I want to go to that. Yep. Walk into Caesar and be like, let me tell you about Jesus. Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of how it seems like Paul wants to do this thing. And that's just not um that's not what God lets him do. Seems like God has an agenda here, possibly. So he goes on this first missionary journey. 
running around to all these small little little places and and bigger places, uh, running around. He's preaching and teaching, and there there's really no record of Paul making any disciples after like from this first journey, right? He's like evangelizing, dropping tracks, and going. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 moving quickly from city to city, kind of uh, as quickly as you could in that day, um, and he, he's not really taking the time to invest in anybody. Now, uh, I said that some people might disagree with that. You could maybe, you could maybe make the case that he's got a disciple in Barnabas hmm. at the end of the at the end. See, at the beginning okay. though, so one one. That's not bad. I at, mean, at, at max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's here's why I personally, I don't think that's necessarily what's going on. When Paul and Barnabas take off, Barnabas is kind of the leader. And if memory mm-hmm. serves me correct, I'm not even looking at the blog on this one. I'm just pulling this out of the data banks here. If memory serves me correct, it is Paul or it is Barnabas and Paul. Luke lists Barnabas lists first. Yep. And and anytime Luke lists leaders, the order matters. That is correct. And then later on, it flips. Yep. It switches. So it yep. seems to me, uh, it seems to me in, in reading that, that it's more of an iron sharpens iron thing. Pure discipleship. Yeah. Or or Barnabas discipled him and then Barnabas would have taken the like stepped back which is uh an like he'd be like, "Yeah, nope, I raised up a leader and he's better than me, so now I'm going to get out of the way." Which right. props to which, which Barnabas for thing. that. Yeah, it's a legit thing. Yeah, and we're not saying in, in highlighting this, we're not saying that Paul did anything wrong. What we're highlighting and what you highlight in your sermon is just this growth that it, as he is being discipled, as he grows in his own discipleship, he is understanding his role in discipleship more and more and more. And maybe he's on the receiving end, journey one, and then, you know, you could talk about journey two and three. Yeah. So, um and it and there's really no record of him starting any any other house churches on that first journey also he's just running around teaching uh, i don't know if i mentioned that in the sermon or not so uh his second journey it happens at a much slower pace he stops in corinth um and he stays uh marty says here he stays quite some time starting a house church with priscilla and aquila Right, he spends some time. We learn, and Priscilla and Aquila they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they they get mentioned quite a bit in in later letters, either shout outs or they show up in uh, over the course of Paul's journeys. These are kind of heavy players, right? Um, <clears throat> and we're also told he had swung through Lystra or Lystra again and called Timothy to be his Talmud. Is what Marty says, and Talmud is disciple. All right, so he calls Timothy. So this is where yeah. on it, I, I can't remember if I said it or not, but I said he made three. I think Priscilla and Aquila and Timothy. You did. Right. Yep. So 
he has three disciples after the second journey and at least one house church. He started at least one house church there in Corinth, is, is, if I remember correctly, that's where it's at. Now, uh, in his third journey, he continues to expand this ministry, and he kind of takes, so he slowed down in his second journey. In this third one, he continues on that track, right? Uh, he's still working with the disciples that he had, with Priscilla and Aquila and Timothy. He's still working with those same ones. It's not like, oh, I've made them and I'm going to let them go, right? Or I got them into church and now I'm going to leave them alone, right? Or I got them into leading a small group and no longer do I have to invest in them. Right. That's not how discipleship works. But what he is doing is he's sending those disciples out and starting more house churches, more intentional more intentional discipleship is occurring. More communities are being built around living uh, out the the way of Jesus at this point. Um, and then we come to this reference from Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, Go look up, you can look up the translation on this if you want, but there he found some disciples. I'm pretty sure you can also read that as there he made some disciples, or there he acquired some disciples. Uh, I, I believe that is the case there. Um, <clears throat> they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they, the disciples, were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So this is the point that I made of the, the, the Holy Spirit forgetting how to count uh, there's about 12 disciples, right? <clears throat> Wait, that might be a reference. Um, this is also another thing um, we, we could talk here about uh, baptism. I think if you want to if you want to talk baptism theologically um, and what its role is, I think this would be an important passage to refer back to as what Paul is talking about there, um, and that baptism, um, baptism coming with this belief in Christ is there's something special about it. Um, so, if you're wrestling through that, I, I would encourage you go go look at what's going on here uh, as possibly a place to examine. So what's the, what's the passage again? It's in Acts 19. Um, okay. Just want to make sure everybody has it. Yeah, Acts 19. So, uh, so he's got about 12 disciples. And after this third journey, we've got multiple house churches going on. We've got intentional communities. He's got Timothy and Priscilla and Aquila out there making second-generation disciples, you would assume, mm -hmm. <clears throat> of some of some sort. Uh varying degrees. And then he's picking up this 
this about 12 disciples, which I, I think is less of an actual number and more of a, he's looking like Jesus at this point. He, he's figured out, he's, uh, he's been sent on these missionary journeys enough that he's now learned what the, the core is and what really Jesus was about and what it looks like to walk that out. And now, now in Paul's story, he gets to go to Rome. Right. And ultimately, this yeah. will lead to his death, but at this point, God now lets him go to Rome. Which really just highlights how important discipleship is to the Lord. Like, it, it we could do a lot of different things as a church at large, and there's a lot of great things that we should be doing. We should be talking to people about Jesus. We should, we should look to take new ground we should look to uh influence culture but ultimately what really changes the world what this bears out is what changes the world is discipleship Mm -hmm. that is the long game right yeah and and luke does a fantastic job of capturing the story and and presenting this this picture, you know, 2000 years ago so that we can live it out today. Yep. That's fantastic. So good stuff there. Yeah, that is fantastic. Fun in the book of Acts. All right. Well, speaking of intentional communities and Paul starting communities, let's talk about unhealthy communities. Because that's I, I didn't really talk about this. We talked about it last year in this series. Um, this is a, a similar. It's taking a similar track, but uh, departed from the um, the the plot, if you will, uh, the plot line, or the uh, departed from the course, the path that we took last year. Uh, and instead of talking about and comparing and contra- contrasting uh, healthy community versus unhealthy. It's like, let's just talk about how important it is to get into community um, and kind of more the, like, why, why this should really be important to you. Um, yeah, and, and I loved how you shared your story because I know you're very passionate about it. I know that you you chase people all the time. Like, that, I don't know that, what implication, that implication was your implication. That's what you live out. Let's chase them until they get into community. And, and I think in terms of... Uh, Don't chase people. I hate running. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> um, you fast walk right behind them. <laughs> so, turtle. It's a turtle. You got long legs. It, you know. <laughs> Jeez. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think of the commercial I saw the other day where uh, it was a pistachio commercial. Have you guys seen the pistachio commercial with the with the turtle? With the, with the turtle, and they're like, oh. the the turtle's mad, and the, and they're like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm storming out of here." He's well, like yet- barely turning. Yeah. <laughs> it is hilarious because you're like, oh, "Yeah, what is he doing?" I can't tell. I'm storming out of here. He's like, like half turned, like barely. <laughs> I might have to look that one up. <laughs> thousand one, uh, thousand ten, thousand twenty. You know, <laughs> like, dude, 
storm quicker, will you please? <laughs> That's a, at any rate, um, yeah, we took a little different approach to this conversation, but. But talking about healthy and unhealthy communities is probably still a worthwhile conversation. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, communities, uh, you know, the, the people that we hang out with, um, there's people that are value added. Um, and I think there's some, like, I've got some people in my life, they're value added, um, but don't necessarily, don't necessarily know the Lord. And, uh, and I'm trying to invite them into the godly community, the community that, that helps them know who God is. Um, and so I, I would say, I mean, they're value added to me because they're good friends, but, but they don't, when I go hang out with them, like, Jesus is not the focus, right? Uh, unless I, unless I bring Jesus into the conversation. So this, I mean, they're, like I'd call that if you had it on a continuum, um, I'd I'd call those kind of a, a neutral community because spiritually they're not necessarily helping me know Jesus. They're not taken away from me knowing Jesus, but I've been part of communities that on the far end of the continuum were. Like every intent was for evil. Mm-hmm. That was that was the community I was involved in in college, and uh, when I was with that community, I, it was very destructive for my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And right. and when I would try to reconnect spiritually, they they would actively work against it. And it there came a point where I'm like, I got to walk away from this community. And a number of years ago, I had uh, one of my first pastors, you know, for a dozen years, uh, Bob Smith. He talked about um, gangs. This is when the gang wars were, were really something that were a hot topic in the in the early 90s late 80s early 90s and he was talking about just why were gangs such a problem in inner cities those kinds of things and the reason is because the gang was your family that was your whole community if you mm-hmm. stop being in the gang not only were they going to try to kill you, right? But you had no community left when you left that gang. They right. acted like family. They they were a surrogate family, and and I see that today with people that are living in addiction. Uh, there was a student that uh, was part of the youth group when Paul and Logan were. Uh, leading that in Moscow and he's later on in his 20s I helped him go to uh, rehab the challenge was he kept wanting to live a sober life but in that old community where they were still pursuing addiction right and that community was dangerous to him 
the folks that I saw that successfully successfully walked away or successfully pursued sobriety were the ones that did 100% wholesale replacement of their community. Yeah. Which is where church comes in. We have to provide, we have to know that certain people will need 100% wholesale change of their community. Right. And we have to invite them into, like, we can't just invite them into the Wednesday night care group. We have to invite them into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, like every day they need community. Right. Not just some days. Yeah. And for for those of us that don't have that experience, we may not know why that's important. Right. I came out of that experience, so I 100% get it. Sure. Like my community was leading me towards a path of destruction. I was destroying mm-hmm. myself and taking people with me in the process and try to follow Jesus, and that didn't work. Right. Because my church community was once a week, and my, you know, unhealthy community was seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I tell Shondaya a lot is that you're the average of the five people that you interact with the most. And so if you're looking at your group of people and like you want to go to college, none of them want to go to college and you want to get good grades and all of them are skipping class, like you're more likely to just go with that flow. So the same is true if you want to develop healthy habits and healthy community, like look at the community that you want to be a part of and like start building relationships towards that that's good yeah absolutely yeah yeah and as parents oftentimes we want our goal is man if i could just get my kid back into church which is that's not a bad goal Mm -hmm. but but we can't let that be the stopping point we gotta get like it may be community maybe maybe the care group environments maybe the 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 fun events that we do as a community, which mm-hmm. is why we do those things intentionally. Sure. That's why as a mission Ridge, we intentionally have these fun environments because we should be fun. Well, okay. So I, I saw this happen with numerous friends that were semi-connected to that youth group that I was a part of, right? There right. was a core there was a core group of us that were very solidly like that was our group, right? Mm-hmm. That was our yep. primary, that was our primary community versus, or one of our primary community, like it ranked high versus there were plenty of high schoolers that they'd come to church on Sundays with their parents, but they were also out partying on the weekends. Right. Like they were, yep. they were walking into church hungover. They weren't, and they wouldn't have anything to do necessarily with the youth group. They didn't like the youth group. They didn't like hanging out with us. Um, and some of that was because it, they couldn't keep up a double facade and it was going to be a, you're going to have to choose one community or the other. Right. Yep. Right. Um, 
so I, I did see that happen a little bit of like if, if you got if you're a parent with with kids like know that 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 wrestling match is probably i would assume still occurring mm-hmm. oh man absolutely absolutely i yeah. think There's that nothing, happens nothing new under the sun right yeah yeah i mean it's gonna look different i don't know what the <clears throat> i mean i am just an old soul that refuses to copy and paste and i'll type everything out but uh <laughs> write checks you know and write of... checks who does that i'll have you know i I use my credit card on occasion when I have to get it out of the, my wallet. Oh, did you see the grumpy, uh, grumpy Joe helmet? The, the vandal one? Yeah. Oh yeah. I posted about it on Instagram. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I my tweeted. Idaho vandals. I, 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 oh man. My, I Ida- let me tell you about, tweet I, I, I saw I'm that. Thinking, I'm thinking that is my, my, that's my friend Logan. Like I am, I'm Grumpy Joe, old Joe amazing. Vandal. Uh, <laughs> my 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 Vandals. They wore Grumpy Joe as they got decimated. They got it, slaughtered. I, they yeah, got they, <laughs> they got decimated by old Eastern Washington. I think they're grumpier. <laughs> that was not good. Was, no. Wasn't the hat or the caption in that thing before the game saying something? How can you lose in this helmet or something? Yeah, that was Barstool. It didn't Sports. age well. It didn't. That, it that was Barstool. Barstool Idaho saying, "How could you lose in a helmet like this?" Well, it. Well, let let us show you. Let us show let me- you. <laughs> you know that was disappointing. That was that was it hurt my soul a little bit. The fact is, I retweeted that picture or I Instagrammed that picture after I already knew that we'd got decimated. I still love that helmet. I oh, still love gorgeous. Grumpy Joe. That's a yeah. fantastic logo. That is um, no, that is that is artfully done. That is quality content that I'm here for. I would wear that. I'd wear that shirt all day, all day, every day. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can. Get, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to see if I can find one. <clears throat> Yep. We'll 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 get old Grumpy Joe on the next uh maybe we'll get that on the next Mission Ridge shirt. I'm kidding. We won't actually do that. No, no, we won't. <laughs> Just for Scott. Only for Scott and Al. Al needs one of those too. Uh anyway. if you're looking uh, for Christmas presents for Logan and Rob, uh, Grumpy Joe Grumpy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Which just sounds like the Adam Sandler sloppy Joe. From SNL, uh-huh. Grumpy Joe, Grumpy Grumpy Joe. Yeah, I, I wear I think a large. There's a thing. Uh, I wear an extra large with pride. It's because my arms are so big. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Anyway. laughs> oh man, I'm tired of being stuck in my house. Me oh too. man. Speaking of being stuck in your house. Let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about COVID. All right. Here's the thing. Here's, you, you know, I, I experienced something downright incredible on Saturday, right? Saturday's my Sabbath. Last week was a long week. Apparently, apparently with me contracting COVID at some point, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Finding probably out that Sunday. I have COVID. Probably, probably the Sunday before. Sunday. Not naming <laughs> any names. Uh, sitting next to the person running slides. I don't know who that could have been. I don't know. When she's Yikes. the most contagious right before the symptoms. Just it was it was a it was terrible. Terrible. I survived Idaho to come back to Montana and get COVID. 
You're welcome. Oh my goodness. Anyway, obviously so, the superior state. Yeah. Um, I just figured if any place I'd get it, it'd be over there at homecoming. But no, no, no. Yeah, twenty thousand people watching football, or or church <laughs> running or one slides. friend right next to you. Mm. <laughs> That's how it goes. All right. I see how it is. But so, all right. So it's a long week. I get, I get done with the week and I get home and I'm, so I, I, I'm there on, on Saturday and normally my Sabbath rhythm has been vegetate at my house. Mm-hmm. I have not really wanted to go. I have just been resting my little butt off on yeah. Sabbath. It's been fantastic for like the last two months, probably on Saturday. When I can do nothing but stay at my house, I've never yeah, wanted you. I've never wanted to go do things so badly in my life. Oh well. Yeah. It was incredible. Like yeah. people are posting yeah. about getting candy. I'm like, oh, I need to I want to go run and get some candy. No, you can't go run and get no, you gotta stay in your house. You gotta call somebody to bring you candy, which no, absolutely not. Wait, I already had did to you... huh? <laughs> I already had to send somebody to go like get groceries for me because of course I get locked down and put on quarantine lockdown and I haven't been grocery shopping in two weeks. I'm looking at my fridge and I'm going, Oh, this is going to be a long quarantine. This will be fasting is what it's going to (laughs) be. I heard we're starting that. So Uh, it's perfect time. Logan's not doing that for meals. That's not safe. Uh, did you get your fried mac and cheese burger? No. no. Oh, yeah. And then Camby posts that their special is this fried mac and cheese burger of like beauty glory, right? Oh, oh mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. And, uh, and, but I did, I did call my friend. I was like, friend, I need you to go get me one of these. And she's, she said, all right, cool. I got to go have a conversation in Stevensville. And then I'll, on my way back up, I will go get that. And so I call in the order and they were sold out of it. <gasps> oh no. No. And she was like, "Do you want me to get you something else?" I said, "No. That's all I wanted." Because that was the only thing that I had seen on the Instagram saying, "Logan, you can't go run across town and go buy this at Canby." It oh. is amazing. I've never wanted to leave my house so bad. Oh. Jen, it's heartbreaking. You've been stuck in your room for a week. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's been because Shondaya is home and she doesn't have it. Again, she tests negative again today. So I've been isolating away from her and I have my little window open. And just I did go the COVID outside. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I did go sit in my hammock last yesterday because it was 70 degrees. I was like, I do open up my slider. I'll, yeah, that helps. And uh, yeah. I play music and. Every yeah. so often, my wife walks by the door, and we wave at each other. And that's nice. I've read you know, a lot of books. I so I wanted to talk about this because uh, one of our gals uh, that's been tending mostly online since COVID. Well, we have two different two different gals in particular that have really been hampered by COVID. The one uh, broke her foot in multiple places, and so just couldn't get around physically and then add COVID to that. And, uh, and she posted 
on Facebook that COVID has crushed her. And I got to think about it because a lot of us, I think, have emotionally tried to move on. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, there's a, there's a fatigue when you face something long-term and we're, what, 19, 20 months into this? At least five and, years. Mm-hmm. And, and corporately, we are experiencing fatigue. We are... Uh, Corporately, within our community, I, we want to be able to move on, and 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 we haven't totally been able to move on. And in fact, we've we're hitting some peak numbers. We're seeing numbers that Missoula hasn't seen. You know, uh, from uh, infection rate to uh, hospitalization to. The number of deaths, I think this last week we had the most deaths all in one day for the entire period. And so, you know, there's been an emotional impact. There's been a relational impact. Uh, The other gal that I was thinking of, uh, I talked to her and I said, hey, we're still streaming these services. And just, I just want you to know that I still consider you part of the church. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I do too. She goes, I just... I don't feel safe going into a group setting and she's trying to protect her kids that have different, they're adult kids, but they have different medical histories that, that make them a little more susceptible to uh, being really sick. And, and so, you know, I respect that and how she's making her family a priority. And so I just want her to know that, Hey, I value you. Uh, I appreciate the approach that you're taking. And, uh, and so, you know, emotionally, there's an impact. Relationally, there's been impact. Our organization has been impacted. Uh, we know that mm-hmm. people have had to check out for a season. So we've missed those people. Uh, I'm sure there's been a financial impact. I don't totally know what that is. And, uh, you know, that's just one of those things. Um, but people are finding, uh, are less inclined to seek out churches during this season. And I get that. And so there's been, uh, an impact on our growth and then economically within our region, we know that there's been a lot of businesses that have closed. Uh, there's a number of people that they don't feel comfortable working and so there's a labor shortage across the spectrum this has been huge and it's just been a while since we've talked about it so i thought man let's just bring this up again because i know our people are feeling this mm-hmm. yeah that's a it's been a big thing i know yeah. i'm one i'm one to just kind of i'm like yeah let's just kind of i'm ready to move on from things um but it's i mean obviously i'm sitting in my house with my with my positive rona test right uh like it's obviously still around it's obviously still a thing obviously still Mm -hmm. impacting people um i've been lucky and had a really easy case of it uh yeah me too like i think for the most part i think most of most of our people here at church that have come down with anything uh jen you might be one of the 
one of the more you felt the effects of it a little bit more with your like yeah i haven't really i haven't really felt sick so i've been really lucky but uh overall like, but that's, a, our but that's a real church thing. Is, our church has been very fortunate because uh it hasn't been until recently that we've even had a significant number of people mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. significant to us uh actually even be infected and then uh we've had some people that uh have been associated with the church in the past that we know that have been in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I don't want to discount their experience at all, but our folks by and large have not been in the hospital. So that's, I feel very fortunate about um, how well we fared as a community. Yeah. I think all of us know of at least one person that has had a hospital stay and um and and some of us know people that have actually lost their life and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um that's hard that's a hard reality yeah yeah yep it's uh still a thing and it's uh not probably not going to go anywhere anytime soon so no probably should still be aware of it uh still conscientious about it and uh, do our best to keep people safe. Yep. Probably a good choice. Yep. Continue to love on people as best we can uh, with uh, whatever mechanisms that requires, whether it's using Zoom for a small group for a season or, or shutting down services for a weekend and doing everything online to dropping off uh, groceries for people that, that need groceries and or medicine for those in need. Yeah, we'll just keep loving on each other, taking care of each other and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Good stuff. Fantastic. Well, coming at you from our separate locations. Yeah. This has been, this episode of Footnotes has been brought to you by Zoom. Co-sponsored by what's the brand of that microphone that you got there, Rob? Was it JBL? Yeah, JBL. JBL should be sponsoring us too. I'm just thinking J-Lab. all of all of these J Lamb, not JBL. J Lab. J Lab. J Lab. Mm, not JBL. JBL should be sponsoring us too. We have those speakers. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just all these corporate people should be sponsoring Mission Ridge. Uh, they should be. I'm pretty sure they need a tithe too. That'd be cool. Yeah. Special thanks to Shandea for oh, the yeah. loaning of uh, equipment to <clears throat> Absolutely. This this episode has really Jennifer. mostly been brought to you by Shandea. Let's be Absolutely. Let's just yes. call it a spade is a spade and Shandea is the main reason we are all here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she'll ever hear this. She should. We'll have oh. to make sure She's that she hears mom. this, Jen. Put it on a loudspeaker I... or something. Anyway. She's downstairs. She's been avoiding me like the plague. I mean, that's good. She should continue to do that. But you know, you could put you put it on a speaker and put it on blast. Anyway, when it come whenever it drops. All right. Sounds good. Well, this has been an episode of Footnotes. Hopefully you found it entertaining, if not enlightening. Then uh we'll uh we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge Podcast. 
For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.